0: You're, you're good, right, guys. So <laughs> no, 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 it's not good because I gotta get this going. Oh okay. <laughs> so we're recording, so you're good. Alright, I gotta record over here first. Oh, are you? Did you? Yeah, Alright, you're gonna do the edits, right? Yeah. It's okay. recording over here. Let's go ahead and test audio.
1: Is mine good this time?
0: Thank God, please. Mm-hmm. Stay close to that. Put Is it in your mouth. Mine like, good this time. Uh, okay, there Put we go. Put it in your mouth. Put De- it in your
2: mouth.
1: Oh Debbie Deep all right. throat. I don't oh think God. it was my fault. I Debbie's think it was. So Who's the one who adjusted the microphones when we were talking on them? You. No.
0: No. I didn't <laughs> twist any no, no. dials. You, All I did you, was no. talk on it. What you did is you what weren't did? sitting like that. You were sitting in your chair. Yeah,
1: screaming. and then you should have adjusted it. Oh, Mom, and to be uh, Mom and
0: dad are look, fighting right now. Look, oh, God. Mom and dad. Look, I am fucking dad. <laughs> two Christmases. Okay. Let's just be clear here. <laughs> dad? I am fucking daddy um, in this motherfucker. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. You can be, 100%. 100%. You
1: can be daddy. You can have two dads. I don't think you can be daddy if you're asleep.
0: Big daddy pop. <laughs>
1: oh! <laughs> Tree
0: can My dad sleeps all the this, time. <laughs> this goes both ways. That's it? There's a zone before the ground happens.
1: Hmm. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> He says, alright. We can test it. Okay. Bet.
0: I just go to sleep. Your head hurts for weeks. Do we have to do this live? Yeah,
1: see, Absolutely. my head may hurt for weeks, but your ass might hurt for weeks. Oh. <laughs> oh <you talk laughs>
0: <out so hard. laughs> we should talk about that offline. <laughs> That's an after the podcast <laughs> conversation. Wait a minute. I got excited. <laughs> oh, fuck. This got better. And there's an erection. Alright. Okay. And three. Two One Welcome to another episode of the Stoned Apes Podcast Three motherfuckers back again God damn, I'm so excited
1: I like that, here. and a side bitch, and, the, and on yeah, And a side bitch right. yeah, like, It's
0: three motherfuckers and a the side bitch Don't forget
1: your
3: side piece Hey, look, I take okay, good okay, care Okay, the question
1: of. is, is it all of our side piece, or is it just your side piece?
3: Oh, no, no, no I'm you, community here? property, guys Damn I mean, as
2: you will It's like an outlaw motorcycle
3: club <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an old lady
2: <laughs>
0: you No, live. you haven't earned that <laughs> oh, shit
2: You do you, you want I don't
0: care I don't get jelly for Prospect status <laughs> Hey You know My bitches are all good for all around Okay I only, I only keep the main chick on lockdown <laughs>
1: Main one state. Yeah, yeah.
2: side bitches is a free game. Do you know how confused the listening audience has to be hearing us talk about respecting women or daughters and we open with this now? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So listen. If we were talking about women, that'd be a different yeah. thing. But Man, we're not we're talking about Danny. captain. Hey, look, if,
0: if you what are you talking be, about just Danny? Hey look, if you happen to be homosexual and you have a side bitch, you're allowed to disrespect them. They're the same sex. There's no problems with that. Do what you do.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. That's just I'm tired Would of double
0: standards just yeah. in our Probably society. We our just own keep your standard. socks on so it's not weird. Alright, so, alright, let's get it serious for a minute, because then we got to talk about some, like, analese or something.
1: I don't
0: know. But apparently that's a conversation we're going to have. So, welcome everyone to the Stoned Apes podcast. As you know, we've got Rev, Sarge, and the professor in the house. I want to give a big shout-out to our sponsor, Malevolent Art Tattoo out of Peebley, or Barnhart, Missouri. Sorry, uh, Anthony Ferguson over there, Malevolent Art. You guys definitely need to make sure you want to go check out and see them. Uh, I got a tattoo coming up with him in a couple of days. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah, I'm, kinda,
0: I'm really excited about that. I'm going to get some more work by him again. Um, but uh, he's got an excellent group of artists over there. They're running a special right now. If you mention the Stone Apes podcast and you go over there, uh, they're going to give you 25% off of yeah. your tattoo. I think that's a good good deal for any book appointment. And uh, for anybody that uh, that's looking for a new tattoo, uh, Anthony specializes in a lot of things, but his color work and his saturation and his line work and definitely different traditional and his illustrated is absolutely fantastic. He's one of the best illustrated artists that I've met. So... Definitely recommend you guys go out there and check him out. Don't forget, that's Malevolent Art Tattoo Studio. That's out of Barnhart, Missouri. And that is our good friend over there, Anthony Ferguson. I'd like to thank him again. Man, I am tongue-tied as fuck today. I need to get high. <laughs> this is what happens when I try to talk sober. I have no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> All right, so. We before- can say
1: that about when you're talking high, too, though.
0: <laughs> well, I may just not be able to talk. Maybe I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> it's a problem. Hey, look. Fuck you! all It's fine. <laughs> no, no, if you can't take it. Go. All right, so we were talking about flavored analies, and for some reason this piqued my interest, and I felt like we should talk about this again. No, What's the story? We were talking about your your
2: uh, dildo playlist or something, and then I mentioned analies. But so my first that's ass- important. my first assignment, first assignment in the army, lighting the joint. Typically, the way the structure of the barracks was was you shared a room with another fellow soldier, and then you had an adjoining bathroom, and there were usually two other guys in that room. Well, my roommate and I, we shared a bathroom with uh, this guy. He was a corporal at the time, and he went away to the first school you have to go to to be an NCO. It's called uh, It was called PLDC Primary Leadership Development Course. Well, Because we shared a bathroom, we had access to his room, and we wanted to prank this guy. So, me and my roommate went to Spencer's Gifts, and we put like a blow-up sheep in his room and a bunch of other shit while he was gone. Well, this is when the internet was first a thing. And (laughs) my roommate went online, and he got all this guy's information, and he signed him up for some anal ease flavor flavor-of-the-month club that would come in the mail. So every month, you're getting a different flavor of this
1: anal ease. Well. What do they
2: taste like? In the barracks.
1: Yeah, what flavors did they have? I want to know. <laughs> Banana split. This
0: gets better. I mean, do you have a link? <laughs> Not anymore. This is a this subscription. Is, this is, can I put it in my right. Amazon? So, okay, just it. So check this out. So
2: <laughs> in, the, in the barracks, you, you get your mail. Uh, there's a mail room, and there's somebody assigned to. They have to go to the post office and go through a class. Well, whenever there's packages or whatever comes in, Everybody will kind of congregate in the community area outside the mailroom, and they'll call out names. Well, this is before they would send, like, discreet packaging and stuff like this, and it's when the Internet first started. So this guy just came back from school. Day one, he, like, opens his door to a blow-up stuffed sheep and a bunch of other, yeah, yeah. you know, pranks. Well, then he goes down to the mailroom a few days later, and everybody's out there waiting, getting their mail, and he's like, hey, and I'm, like, going to out the guy's name, but hey, corporal such and such. Anal ease What the hell So he would get every month And he couldn't stop the subscription Because he wasn't paying for it So every month like clockwork It'd be like pina colada flavored anal ease <laughs> Cherry flavored anal Everybody would just be waiting for his name to get called It was awesome Oh my god Yeah it Dude, was awesome the
0: army fucking like Opened my world to all of that shit Like I remember I was I got to Fort Riley
1: when I, was, uh, I bet that I did. I was,
0: I was still 18, right? Yeah, I think I was 18 at the time. And uh, I get to my barracks, and I inherited the company blow-up doll. I had no idea what the fuck this is. I open this desk drawer, and there's this, like, folded-up plastic, like, gaping hole fucking thing, you know? And I'm like, what is this? This is weird. And so I'm thinking, like, the dude before me had this blow-up doll, and, like, this is weird, right? Well, I'm there for a little bit, and the guys are like, hey, you know, did you... Inherent whatever it had some name I forgot the name to it and I was like no then I found out this motherfucker's been passed around the barracks like this is like a thing like people own this and then like you pass it off gross really gross and I was like no no that ain't gonna happen
1: how many times did you get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean it was lonely, it was lonely. okay <laughs> it was lonely hey look this so we used to have guys get these you know those life those lifelike dolls. The ones that are silicone, they come in. They're ERA. so we used to get those delivered when I was on CQ duty all the fucking time. They come in these boxes. They're like two foot wide. Like, five, you know exactly what you fucking get as soon as this motherfucker comes in, right? No questions asked. See so we had, a tree So we had We wheel these things up to the barracks. Well, there was this guy in our unit. And he was a E five, and he was his. He's from New York, and he was just out of fucking control. Like he had one of these things, and he would do his. Uh, we'd do like barracks inspections. And this guy would, like, bend over the doll on his fucking bed. and like, dress it in outfits, put it all provocative. And then his screensavers would be, like, these weird, like... This is back when the, you could look on the internet and see, like, the decapitations. It would be all this weird, gross shit. And, like, you know, colonel, sergeant majors, everybody's walking in, seeing this shit. And uh, he'd put this thing in his fucking car. And he'd drive around town. It was his girlfriend. He'd dress it up in outfits, put it in his car, and drive around with that shit.
1: People have... Too, too much time on their hands. Now That's him. why they make people mop in the rain.
0: And I would
2: <laughs> cut grass with scissors. I was completely innocent
0: when I went in the army. Like, I'd been with like three girls and like did know nothing for nothing. Like, the army completely fucking worked me back. I was like halfway normal. And then now I'm where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I met Danny and it was all downhill. Down, down downhill. Be careful with your side bitches, people. They will change you. (laughs) They can affect how you are. Alright, so, I have something I want to mention real quick. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, this has been, so talking about, like, pertinent things of the week, right? This has been a big one of my week. I've had the opportunity this week to meet a few exceptional young people. And it has really reminded me of how important that is. Like... You know, I, I look around, and, and we talk about this all the time. You know, we have peer-to-peer interactions, and we hang out with people. But you know the most of my advice that, like, hits home, or the times that I'm having conversations and they say something that really lands, it's always with young people. Young people have this perspective, this
1: What's your definition question. of young?
0: Young, like, uh, teenage <laughs> through, like, Not uh, to mid to early 20s. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, uh, 18 to 25, 26 <laughs> is usually there's a lot of wisdom in that age group you know and I think they get a, a bad shaft and I was really thinking about that it was like you know we look at that age group and they have so many immaturities but we fail to see what they bring to the table like the mm-hmm. positives their outlook on life is so fresh you know the one thing I think that uh, that I drive home with that is they keep their individuality they haven't been plugged into the matrix yet mm-hmm. so it's so exciting when I get to, to meet young people who have drive and ambition and determination and they haven't been locked into that space yet and they're still in that zone of like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. And then all the world's telling them, like, you can't fucking do this, you can't fucking do that, you know, you've got to grow up. Yeah,
1: their mom, their dad, their church, their whatever, everything, like, you can't, if you don't have a job, or if you're not getting a degree, or if you're not...
0: It it reminded me of something that I wrote um, a while back, and I I screenshotted earlier because I wanted to to read it on here. It's just a short little snippet. But it was a thought that I had. So I have a uh, I write poetry and stuff and uh, so I have like a a company that has got a bunch of like poems and then I put out like short little messages and stuff. And so this was just like a thought, right? Like a random thought. But it says, uh, why does maturing always involve losing your identity? All these young people that seem so lost the ones clamoring for attention and desperately seeking a place to fit in. Maybe they're not lost. They're just battling for their identity because everyone else is trying to take it away.
1: That hits home a lot. You know, I see I have a lot of young guys who not necessarily like I can pinpoint it specifically for they want to do something with jujitsu and they're eighteen to twenty years old and like, dude, I think I could do something with this. I feel pretty good with this. But then they have the outside perspective of you can't do anything with that sport. You can't do anything it's a hobby. Why are you even focusing on a hobby? You need to get a degree. You need to do these other things. You need to what's your what are you gonna do? What are you what are you gonna be when you grow up is the big question. What are you gonna be? What are you gonna be when you grow up? Right. Like, why do you need to know? My my dad always said he's like he wants to be a fighter fighter when he grew up. And he's never been a fighter fighter. He's like I'll never be a fighter fighter so I don't have to grow up. Fuck that. That's what I told everybody I wanted to be and I've never tried to become one because I'm not trying to grow up. But that's you have so many so many people in the same situation in the same age group where it's so many outside sources telling them what they have to do with their life to be acceptable in society but you can tell that it's going against their what they want where their heart is trying to take them. And then after so long you find you either get broken or you
2: conform or
1: you yeah, you either conform or you fight it and you decide say, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had very close people tell me I had to quit doing jujitsu. Like, oh you have kids Oh, you're going your wife's pregnant, guess you can't do jujitsu anymore. Oh, your kids have medical issues, I guess you can't do jujitsu anymore. Like, why? Why can't I do what I want to do? Why can't I? Why can't I strive for happiness? Why do I have to strive for a nine to five?
3: Well, because society <clears throat> is painting the image that you must do what society does. Exactly. So exa- don't well, go yeah. outside the bubble.
1: Well, exactly. So I f- mean that's what it is.
2: Even within subcultures, though. So think about this: the conversation you and I had behind the gym after class today. <clears throat> even the young guys who are grinding, and you're like, if I could give them some wisdom and tell them, like, look, you don't have to fit this niche of getting Mm -hmm. after it you can be smarter and more deliberate so when you're a black belt you don't have busted up knees same thing you're doing with ethan with muay thai right right like protect your
0: body to say Mm -hmm.
2: do all this and and find this part of the journey but don't conform to the the attitude of we have to go the cultural grind of you're at this age doing this
0: there's just so much bad information Mm -hmm. out there you know me and michelle talked about this the other day and it was like I really get why, you know, we mentioned that study. Everybody's trying to get back to the innocence of their youth. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'll add to that. I think I'm trying to get back to the youth of my youth, right? <laughs> the hope and the inspiration All right the drive. Mm-hmm. I started to break those things. And so, you know, if you were to look at my behaviors as of late, you would probably say they were immature. But I don't care because I'm happy. I'm doing the things that are fulfilling me. I don't mm-hmm. need to do things that make other people. And that's, you know, my mom, me and my mom had that conversation once when, uh, when I started doing the Muay Thai down at 10th uh, Planet. And uh, she was like, you know, I can't, why are you doing this again? You know, and I was like, Mom, mm-hmm. I, I've, you recognize my degrees. I've got 13, 14 years of college education, and that's recognizable. But I also have an equal amount of Muay Thai education that I've invested tons of my life into like this is a valuable skill and this is one that i've worked hard for this means a lot to me mm-hmm. why don't you recognize
1: that right why right, does, because you why can't d-
0: why does that not have because when
1: you cannot bring a monetary or a number value to something it's not <clears throat> worth it not if i can't <throat> hold a physical entity in my hand and say this is why i do it it's not how, worth it you can't how, justify how How sad is that, right? How sad,
0: like, how sad would life be if you're only allowed to do things that make you money? Right,
1: but but that goes specifically too. That can be taken vice versa in a way. Like, just because it's a hobby, my I can say I have people who look at me not going to church. I'm like, but you say church is valuable and I need it, but you're not giving, telling me I have to have a monetary value because of church,
0: right? Yeah, they're not being
1: consistent. Yeah, I mean, I read a thing. It was like we're all hypocrites. You know, everything's hypocritical, and
0: I think
2: I said that. You a say podcasts. you say
1: that all the time.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> I, I see it. You know, and it makes, I see it in others. I, like it, see, it in myself, I you know. see it in
1: everybody. You yeah. know, I don't like. It, I don't like it. I strive to not, but it does, I fail. But you can't. You know, you can't help it. You're a human. You know, and yeah. it's a natural thing. But if, the the idea is when you check yourself, right when you go. You start, you know, like, oh, why, you know, why would you build the chicken coop that way? I would do it this way, da 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 da, and then you're going, oh yeah, because they do it that way and I do it this way. Yeah. You know, you just that everybody has a little spark of judgment, no matter what. That's human. That's yeah. natural. That's okay.
0: Well, it just reminded me that you know, wisdom can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I see all these young kids with all this opportunity in front of them, all the drive, all the motivation, all the. Detour- Everything that they need to succeed. And and then I see these people surrounding them in their lives that are encouraging them to not pursue their dreams, encouraging them to go different directions, encouraging them to, you know, you need a fallback plan, you need this, you need that. It's like, why can't it all be aligned?
1: Right. Like, I don't yeah. understand why, right. you,
0: why you want to put somebody's ambition.
1: Why can't okay? I fail?
3: Exactly.
1: Well, cool. why is it not okay for me to try something and say, well, that didn't work?
3: That would involve change. People don't like change. It's also, if you take yeah, also a different path. okay to have multiple
2: lines of effort. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, yeah hey, I want to be a musician. Good. Why can't I be do, so confident in my basket that I put all my eggs in it? You can. You can. And then if that basket fails, why can't I just say, well, let me readjust this basket.
2: Well, and And then
1: figure out how to get more eggs.
2: That's where the lesson of... And I think where it's not a problem, but where the personal responsibility measurement or metric, like, do all those things, but it needs to be couched with, here's the potential consequences for that action, and, you know, you're becoming an adult. It doesn't have to be the... Painful grind necessarily, but there needs to be an a reasonable expect or yeah, expectation realization. Are you
1: handling are... your shit? Are you handling your well, business? You know what I'm saying? Right. I think there
0: should definitely be a risk, risk mm-hmm. assessment. That's, well, what That's
1: what I'm saying. absolutely. Well, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like should be a risk assessment. There should be a thing like where, like, I know if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to pay rent. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I might be homeless. Okay, risk noted. Let's. Let's not be homeless. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. You know, I'll bet
3: on myself any day of the week.
1: Any day of the week. And that's, and that's the thing is where we're like, well, why I mean- can't we better... Why is it hard to better yourself? Why do I have to go... Take a job where I'm betting on somebody else's financial success. That's exactly well, what you're well, doing. Think about, think exactly, about, yeah. Think about
0: odds or pathways of success. What am I more likely to be successful in? Something that I'm passionate about and driven and that I want to do? Yeah, Or right. something that I'm doing to appease someone else or I'm doing because it's some necessary step. Right. I'm not going to invest myself into that. <coughs> yeah,
2: not really. No. Yeah, and, not
1: then, and then that takes your, like, for lack of a better word, like your soul or your energy or your whatever way. For you to be able to put energy and your soul into other things... When you find that time, yeah. so
0: the yeah. yeah, having the same problem with Ethan right now at school. It's like can't get him to motivate to want to do school because he's like, I can't get over the fact that it's pointless. Yeah,
1: it's, it's pointless.
0: pointless. It, it, it really is. At, at the high school level, truthfully, I think that everybody learns pretty much what they need to know for life by about eighth grade. And yeah. then I think from there it becomes specialization and that should be a by choice thing. Yeah, right? they kind of give you some but choice in high school. are yeah, where you want to and go. And but, but, but the things <laughs> that we're forcing on these young people and these kids and the, the way that we structure our education system is failing them. Yeah. And it's not doing them a service. Well,
1: I mean, I honestly believe what high school did for me was figure out how to work around a system. How do I get through this with minimal effort because it's pointless? How do I not take work home? Because that's bullshit and should never be a part of society. I, Since day one, I was always against like homework or whatever you want to... Any other outside of this time frame thing. Because I already have to be here. If I can't do it here, it ain't getting done. I got other shit I want to do. I've been thinking that since kindergarten. I want to play. I ain't doing homework. But then working around, like, okay, how do I work as a group to get around these kind of things? What are we doing? Like, oh, group projects? We can work together. We can do that. How can I work how do i figure out how to engage enough that that's good enough you know you know what though i think <clears throat> i think some of that is uh i, I had one of
2: my guys he worked for me in recon he uh, he went to work later for a headhunting company and uh, i was mentioning getting a degree is so- a
1: headhunting company like blackwater or
2: no, this was like corporate headhunting. Yeah, like, I
1: don't know what that means. Okay. They, they like fill job.
2: job. jobs oh, for okay, corporate okay, America. Okay. Um. Uh, you
0: know, a lot of your, your higher-level positions, like mm-hmm. when you get into executive-level positions, they all have headhunters. Mm-hmm. So what you'll do is you'll hire somebody who will market you to respecting companies. And so that's why those jobs are hard to fill in, because there's a very small network of people that are getting those jobs.
1: Ah, I or see.
2: And they, well, he, it's a
0: very competitive market.
2: <clears throat> Yeah, he, well, and I know another guy who did it who told me something similar as this guy, but essentially they said, because I mentioned getting a degree, and one of the guys had said, I have a, I can find you a high-paying job as soon as you retire. I was like, yeah, but I don't have a degree or anything. He goes, they don't care so much anymore. He goes, the, the paradigm is shifting away from that because it's a total person concept. He's like, you can be have every letter behind your name but if you're not interpersonal and you've never applied it, they care far less because there's been a great deal of time now where they've proven out that that stuff has failed, right. and they're seeing guys. I'm like, dude, I just got a GED. He goes, you've also run units with like 700 guys in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. operations-wise. That's like, it's a big deal. A big company. Yeah. That's yeah. a big company. Yeah. right and and he said that paradigm is starting to shift away from formalized
0: education Well, and those those executives of those companies or the people that are running those organizations they understand the value like I mentioned we understand the value of chaos management what the military is training what they're bringing to the table so you know it's very easy to want to look at that experience and say hey I can groom that right with a little bit of training a little bit of tweaks you can turn that person into a very powerful leader in your corporation mm-hmm. and uh that's an unfortunate thing that they get looked over
2: yeah well and I, to the point of like personal growth or whatever everything else it's measuring success how many businesses are run by people without a ton of formal education that mm-hmm. they've managed to be totally successful because they were passionate about it and because yeah. they were passionate about it they worked hard
0: that's one of my funny that's one of my favorite stories i remember when the ceo of uh, yahoo got busted And uh, I don't remember the full details of that, but he had lied on his resume and put that he had a Harvard education or something like that, some Ivy League. Uh And then uh, he ran that company for forever, built that company, made it very successful. Then someone, somewhere along the way, found out that he had lied on his resume and he didn't have a degree. And uh, they fired him over that. He lost that position. And, you know, and then the story of Yahoo has been the same ever since, right? Right. But it's just how did that ridiculous. Yeah, how did that yeah. work out yeah. probably should have left that dude in charge. Yeah. Like, well,
2: GED or not, like I th- him. I think something that is potentially useful, um, so my last assignment in the Army, one of the things they made me go do was become a master resiliency trainer. And... It was put together, I believe, by the University of Pennsylvania, this whole program, and it was multidisciplined, designed around, you know, problem solving and uh, personal development and a bunch of things. Well, they make you take a survey as part of this. It's called the uh, Values and Action Survey, and it's one of these, like, I think it's 318 questions, and they ask you a bunch of them. You know you've taken those, like, psychological tests where it's like that, but it's it's different, and they basically, once you finish the survey, they give you a printout, and then you talk through it, and there's a bunch of values on there. like and for, They designed this one specifically for the military, but it, it could cross-populate to the general population, but like leadership, and it's one through, it's like, what are your top ten? And a bunch of people, after taking this survey, I'm in this room full of a bunch of people with a lot of formal education and, like, and they're like senior leaders in the military and they're like wanting leadership to be one or two and a lot of them, it was pretty low and they were like, look, nobody's saying you're not a good leader but your values in action, it, it puts less effort on you if you're doing things when you're acting and applying those values and like for me, I had... Uh, It was, like, justice, courage, uh, honesty. Like, I wish I could show you the printout again, but leadership was not low on there, but it was, like, 15 or something out of 28. And I was like, no, that kind of makes sense, because when I would act and do things, doing the same type jobs, or at least the same span of control type jobs, because I valued justice and honesty and fairness and some of these other things much higher it still helped me in leadership because i was able to be equitable in how i treated my people i was so i think it would be useful potentially for kids like you may have to work a job you don't like but you can find passion in things if you find where your values can align with it right there's something to be said too for If you learn to be a hard worker for others, you will be able to have others work for you. And and I think if it's kind of like we discussed in education, maybe teaching people how to learn, not what to learn, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Like, look, okay, you value these things. Find where those values can fit in in whatever you're doing and it will help you be more passionate about it. I don't know, just a thought. I, I thought it was an interesting survey. I mean,
3: there's a term stepping stone for a reason. Right. You can't just finish where you want to end up at. It's gonna take time, well, yeah, and that's figuring out the path. Dude,
1: that's the
0: biggest.
3: Yeah, loss remember, loss. you're a
1: white belt at anything you try. You're brand new. <laughs> yeah. at, you know, anything you start doing, you're brand new on at it. You know, I've been, I've owned a business for a year and a half. I don't think I know anything. I'm still out here getting like, okay, that's something I have to deal with. Right. Like every day, I, there's a new surprise. I haven't seen anything yet, right. and I'm working, I'm looking at myself going, well, I was a white belt at jiu-jitsu once and now I'm a black belt. I can do that at owning a business. I just gotta put the work in. Gotta put the effort in. Gotta put the grind in. Gotta get tapped out. A lot. And then get to a point where I'm like, oh, I got this now.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that was something I came to. uh, This this hit me last night on my way to the gym. I was driving. And, uh, you know, I talked on the podcast and I've talked to you guys a lot. I've had this, like, uh, this feeling, this surge that something big was coming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in my life in the last couple of weeks, that feeling hasn't went away but there's been a major pause. Like things have just like breaks have slammed shut and mm-hmm. it's just like I've been looking at it and trying to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Right? Kind of think, well, what's going on? you know? Right. What are we waiting for? What's the pause? Well, yeah, what's, Where's the preparedness? Where, where, what are we doing? coming, right? Mm-hmm. And then as I was going to the gym the other day it dawned on me that nope, it's time to work. Or I got it already happened the big thing already happened now we're in the work part right the building part you're talking about it takes time yeah the grind so, yeah now's the grind mm-hmm. and that gave me a completely different perspective because you go from feeling lost to going no nope, okay. I'm right where I need to be the path is forward right you know and that was a big one for me and that tied into what you said it was like yeah they kind of put a smile on my face it was like all right I know how to do this you know, but we're taking that away from people. Like you said, you, you, you tell people you can't do something you might fail or, or whatever. Don't do this because you're passionate for it. Right. Yeah. And, and then that comes back to instant gratification society, you know, that's right. a big right. topic. But one of the disservices of that is, is nobody understands the value in learning to do something over time. You know, they say it takes 10,000 hours to master something. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. To get mastery of something takes 10,000 hours. The old pilot thing. That's yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of time. That's the average of like 10 years. Mm. And when you think about that, how many people get a year into their career, six months into their career, this is pointless, I should quit, I should stop. I mean, my God, if you would have talked to me eight years ago and said this is where you were going to be, mm-hmm. if you would have talked to me three years ago and said this is where you were going to be, it would have been a completely different story. The ups and downs and the
2: swings yeah. and turns. That's it, just life. Well, and I, I, I think a thing, too, is a lot of people, I, I think maybe where it comes from is they don't they don't want to work for anyone else. They don't want to be told what to do. Right. And what they don't realize is you're always working for someone else. You may be working for yourself, but you might... You're, oh, you, you're working for your employees. You're working for your customer base. Mm-hmm. You're working... Uh, we used to do this leadership professional development uh, on this thing. It was called A Message to Garcia. It was a story. I may mess it up, but basically in South America, this guy named Roland gets called in by this general, and he goes, he hands him this, like, telegraph like he's a courier, and he goes, I need you to get this to this guy named Garcia. Time now. Go. And he said, Okay. He had no idea where this dude was, had no idea who this dude was, but he didn't look at his boss and go, well, where is this guy? Where what uh, What's he do? He didn't have a bunch of questions. He just figured it out Figure because he out. knew it was important. And that's kind of the purpose of the leader professional development. It's, it's be an asset and how to be an asset. But I think it's... Even if you're like me, I grew up having to cut grass and stuff like that, right? I remember just moving rocks for my great grandma and she'd pay me like 10 cents for every wheelbarrow full of rocks. I'm like 12, right? right? There's other stuff I could have been doing, but I knew it was needed and I knew it was taking a load off some of the rest of the family. And it was, I was working for others collectively. And I think some of that is what's lost is a servant type leadership because it, it translates mm-hmm. later to others. Even let's say you're an artist Okay, you're working for your fans. You know what I mean? Like, get better for you, but, you know, you want to produce something good for the world, you're working for the world.
0: Well, see, you know, you touched on something that uh, I get into a lot. And so one of the biggest differences uh, between managers and employees is mindset, right? Managers Mm -hmm. are owners. Employees are they punch rocks. And a lot of people, I wish that you could get more people to understand that you create value I think that's one of the things that I'm most disgusted about right now in society, and it has nothing to do with wages, because I don't feel that wages are, are in line with standard living there. but there is this, this trend of people feeling that they are somehow worth a certain value, and yet they've done nothing to produce that value, and... You you translate that into the workplace, right? Employees come in and they want to punch a clock and they say, well, I want $20 an hour to do this job. But that contract means that you should perform all the duties that I want you to do as if I were doing them. And then they don't do that. They don't fulfill that end of the contract. They don't realize that that customer that walks through the door, that's what's creating the value for them to get paid, that they have to earn that living. Mm -hmm. And when they can't understand that as an employee, they'll never understand that in their personal journey because that's why they can't be an owner. They'll never be an owner. When my managers come to me, I pay all my managers as a percentage of their gross revenues, okay? So they know that however much their office earns is what they're going to get as a salary. So when they come to me and they say, you know, I'd really like a raise, <laughs> okay, well, go get it, right? I yeah. don't control that. You control that. Go earn your raise. But that takes time. That takes effort. That yeah. takes work, right? And and people are missing that. Well, and yeah. I, I like you've got to grind.
2: Well, and I mean, like, I know you've, we've talked about coaches later for the gym and you figuring that out and everything else. And I was thinking about this. Uh, the other day after we talked about it because I'm like why is it hard because that's like the coolest job somebody should want to do and everything else and
1: because it's hard
2: it it well like all things typically combat sports yeah but I think it's more than that and that's why I really I think there's something to the finding the value like to cross where their values are versus mm-hmm. where what the goals are like Professional development programs really, really matter. There's a reason why corporate America pays people a lot of money for leadership and professional development.
0: The key to ownership is one simple concept, and this is something that has been lost, and that is pride in your work, right? We used to attach pride, and one of the things I've been teaching my children, and it's a tough lesson to learn, but thankfully one that I adopted is my grandfather and my father and my brother really laid into me this concept that if you're going to do something, your name is on that. I don't care what it is. If it's taking out the trash, your name's attached to that. If somebody comes back later and they want to know who did that, you should be proud of the work that you do And right? mm-hmm. everything that you do. And you have to take ownership in that. And so that person, when they go into a job, they want to own that position. That's their job. That's mm-hmm. their reputation on the line, right? And we got people right now that they don't want to take personal responsibility. They don't give a shit about their reputation. They don't give a fuck. Word means nothing. Actions are non-existent. And then they want a million dollars. Well, I think
1: as a as a species, we've become complacent. We've become comfortable. We've become scared of change. It goes back to that. It's... it's we've found... We have... It. We can control the weather inside of our homes so we never have to go outside.
2: It... It is, nice. but but I really think, it's kind of like you said a while ago, the problem with any program is the incentive's not right. Yeah. Right? So the reason they made us do that survey when I was in that course, because it's a resiliency course, <clears throat> the test was incredibly challenging. Like, they usually had about a 40% attrition rate or something in the course. Uh, but to apply it to a leadership thing, if you think about it, as a motivator to the people under you, if you figure out where their values line up, then let's say you have somebody, maybe they don't care about leadership, maybe they don't care about uh, whatever, I'm using that as an example, but maybe they care about creativity. So then maybe you figure out the tasks and assign them places where they can be creative and then you praise them for that value. So mm-hmm. if you can figure out where their values are and incentivize it properly, because everybody has values regardless of all the other things, the key to cracking the code is really figuring out where that is and how to foster that to get the motivate or to get the outcome that you desire as the leader, the boss, the coach, mm-hmm. the whatever, right?
0: Right.
2: Uh, See, I,
0: I wish more parents. That should be like parenting one hundred one. Right. We should be taught that somewhere. <laughs>
3: Dude, I, I it, can, is, it is not taught. <laughs> so Dude, one thing is that sure like people get taught. well. People get complacent, and that was the biggest thing. I have a family member who owns a, uh, she owns like a boutique, and a hair salon. She does very very well, and her mom said, "Well, you should be happy with what you have," while she's in the middle of her grind, trying to grow a brand or grow a business, and she's killing it. And she has family members that are direct to her saying, "You know, push a clutch in a coast, and enjoy the moment when you can't." If you let up, you're done. Keep grinding, do not stop. And I try to light her fire every time I talk to her cuz she's phenomenal. But she's not getting that influence anywhere
1: else. Well, I,
3: no, it's the people that are closest I'm to
1: you. I'm grateful. To do it. I'm grateful for everything that I have. Yeah. I have everything that, that I need. Period.
0: Yeah.
1: But my want for more, like you said goes to values, yeah, you know, sure. like my grind, my yeah. want to do better again comes to that servitude that you want to make everybody I want to change the world around me. You know, that's why I change lives every single day. And for me to be able to do that at a stronger, more powerful capacity, I have to grind harder. I have to do more. I have to develop and evolve and grow and in that in every aspect of the word or the ability that I can, you know, financially, successfully I've always relation, told my relationships, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I've always right. told
3: people. You know, they would say, "Oh, I don't want to brag." No, please do. I don't care if it's about money, career, whatever. You bragging, me hearing your success fuels me. I love that shit. I want to hear it. If you make,
1: yeah, that just ending up hanging out with the hear. right people is what it feels like. When right. somebody's telling me, like, "Hey, dude, I did, I got this. I'm doing this." Good fucking for you. I I'm I'm, trying, I'm, I'm happy Losing weight. I'm like, fuck yes. Let's going, go, dude. Right. Let's right. go. Because exactly. that gives me like, oh, if they're doing shit, I can do shit. Yep. You know. Other than like, but I do again. As a society, we're looking at people, are we looking at social media and seeing how good other people's lives are?
3: You know, we use other success as fuel for yourself. Period. Yeah. If you like seeing other su- people succeed, and you make that your own fire, brother, you you put yourself around the right group. <laughs> the results are <laughs> endless. Well, that goes yeah. back to what I was. You know,
0: I was with my mom one day, and it was uh, we're driving down the road, and I seen some guy come by, and it was like. Ago, I think. And uh, I looked at the car and I was like, nice or whatever and she goes, Oh yeah, it was so nice and then I said something about you know wanting one or whatever. And her reaction to me was like, Why? Why would you need that? Why do you think you could do that? Right? I said, Well, you know, what about that guy? Why is it okay? Well, you know, he worked and he did this and he did that. Obviously he's super successful and that's why he has that. And then so I asked her, I said, Well, why can't I be super successful? I don't understand. Why is that all of a sudden off limits for me? Right. You know, and we've done that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, we've, and we've created that theme where we look at people who have great success and then we go, well, they deserve that. We'll defend that. We'll defend their right to make money. We'll defend it. But then we don't think that we also have the ability to get it. We, we limit ourselves mm-hmm. and our scope and we stop yeah. thinking I think that it's self-lim-
1: the same. Self-limitation is probably one of the hardest things. You so know,
0: if you look at everybody who
2: succeeds, right? The motivation for individuals can all be different. I'll, okay, I don't know a ton about Gordon Ryan, but I'll say this. At some point, somebody looked at Gordon Ryan and was like, you can be, you can do great, whatever, right? And now, eventually, somebody's gonna look at some young buck coming up, trying hard, and through whatever motivating factor, it may be a, hey, you could be the next Gordon Ryan, or you know what it might be? It might be somebody like David David Goggins who's had a shit life He's a who fucking is just animal. who's just like, you know what? Everybody else out here sucking. I'm feeding off their suffering and I'm gonna prove everybody wrong that I can do it. The motivation may be different, but they're still great in their own right. And right. It just depends. That's what I mean
0: about coaching,
2: about leadership, whatever, and how to motivate. Like
1: my biggest thought I've had through my experience in this, like trying to do my own thing and run my own life, it's always been like the back in my mind is just watch me, right. watch me do it, Right. like watch me fail. I'll fail on TV, done it, I'm not scared, I'm gonna do it again. Right. Just watch, but I watch me succeed because I'm going to, and I've and I've been doing it. Everything like everything I've been wanting, what I've been doing, it's all here. Yeah. It's all in front of me. I just, like you said, there's that big thing. I just got, I'm, I'm on my, on the right path. I just got to grind, That's right? Grind. Just got to find that grind. I mean, and,
3: Jocko put it best. Oh, you're having a bad day? Good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you're, you're having problems with this or that? Good. You're going to learn from it. Well, it's not win or lose. It's win or learn. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, like it,
2: <clears throat> every setback, there's a lesson to be learned. You know what I mean? I mean, I just learned a bunch.
0: Right.
2: Uh, but I don't, nothing's a setback.
0: As long as you take it as a lesson. Yeah. As long as you take your failures as a lesson and you learn them, mm-hmm. and then you apply the corrections going forward. Yeah. Win or, win look win at, or lose.
1: Look at that, fail, like, failings, like, you, when you fail, you're falling, right? You can choose which way you can, you can fall forward mm-hmm. or you can fall back. right Right? but that's the mindset right how are you gonna fall you're can. you still moving forward it was just you just tripped a little bit it was a stumble you know but there's a quote of a song like uh, a stumble is just part of the dance right you know you just gotta yeah and the other
2: everybody's looking for the the finish line so to speak or right or like a big benchmark or you know that's why a lot of people do stuff and maybe they get the big win finally and then they're they get that dopamine kick, and then it leads to depression because they didn't even learn to kind of enjoy the journey.
0: Oh, dude, I'll tell you what. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about here journey. We go. There we go. <laughs> so there's a few things about success that they don't tell you, and one of the lessons that I learned, and Danny is probably going to chime in here in a second, is the ladder climb. The ladder climb is fun as fuck. But you're never looking down, and then one day you do, and that falls a motherfucker, okay? And that gets very scary really quick because you, you know, as your income gets to a certain point, you get to where a little trip or a little stumble, you—that's a big number to try to fix, and you don't know where that's going to come from. And that staying on the top of that ladder, staying on the top of the mountain, is the hardest part. It's actually not that hard to get there; it's harder to stay there. And that's what people don't understand. It takes equal amount of work once you get there to
3: maintain. So I remember when I hit the first time I hit six figures, I was so excited because I had been grinding forever to hit six figures. And we talked about, I'm like, "Fuck! Now I got to do it again. Like, how am I going to keep this?" And we we talked about it a few podcasts ago, and that career just got ripped, no warning, bye. We're killing your territory. You're what? I mean, I'm 960 miles from every. Support I have, and I just lost a deep six-figure income. Fuck me, bro. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, that hurt. Well, that hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no backup plan like that was plan A. I had no yeah. A through B or Z like a fight. You know, yeah. you, know you go to a street fight, they got plan A to knock you out. Hey, well, what happens when that don't work? I, I was a that, street fighter in that situation. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember that phone call though. Oh my god. What did I tell you? I got you. I got you. Yeah. I mean it. it in Dude. Life lucked out, you know, and I fell forward at the time. I would have told, called you a fucking liar, but I mean, four years later, now I've, my sales are over a million dollars again, and it's gonna keep going. And it was a fucking hustle to get oh there. Oh my god, he bitched so much, dude. I was in a, I was in. I'm <laughs> yeah. a very positive individual, and I was in a, a slum. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're, you're out of your element in a slum, and you know you're not your normal element. So it's like a snowball effect, and it just builds. I was a wanting bitch baby for a year at least Yeah. until I finally snapped out of my my shithole and like man just fucking put your head down and start grinding again <laughs> and it took me to get where I'm in now and last year was my first time I hit my you know total sales was over a million dollars
1: yeah there's no one saying failing doesn't take recovery
3: no, shit. oh yeah. shit <laughs> you know it like hurts. it's dude losses hurt if yeah, like depression's it's, a thing that was uh, legit it's, an, it's like an dude, injury
1: yeah dude you gotta recover you gotta figure that out you gotta uh, what's it therapy physical therapy but the right? comeback dude the, the br- comeback
3: was so much well, better like, than the
1: seven yeah back. you gotta look trust the process and come you know hit that comeback well, that's you cool. don't
3: get compliant
0: hey, keep going and, and if you don't have that you don't have the confidence going forward Mm-hmm. Right? You have to have those failures to have confidence to get up and keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people, you know, uh, that, that was a thing that uh, it's been a big theme, too, is, is talented people, right? And talented people don't have to work hard to get things. And so when they get challenged and they get tested, they fail, mm-hmm. you know? And, and um, I had a kid the other night, uh, he doesn't have a lot of physical talent, you know what I told him? I was like, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. You know, Michael Jordan. Yep. Every fucking time, man. I was never that gifted at anything. I'm still not. Well, it's I've yeah. just outworked people. What is that <clears throat> in jiu It's not, yeah, it's not. It's
1: who's... Who's good, who's, who's left. Not, it's who, yeah, it's not who's good, it's who's last. Mm-hmm. And that's...
2: Well, it's like Blue Belt. We talk about oh. climbing the mountain. Like, I, I figured it out. Because I've been there for a while, and it's like, why do blue belts quit? It's because qu- they just climbed what they're seeing is this mountain, and then they, you know, you're hanging out near the top, and then you kind of summit. It's like, oh, I made it, and then you turn around, and you're
0: like, oh, by the way, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah.
1: this next peak is yeah, but in
0: twice what's that.
2: Crazy
1: more. about jujitsu is that feeling never stops. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then that happens
0: when you get a black belt. (laughs) I don't
1: know. I I thought
2: (laughs) not gonna learn how to fly? (laughs) Yeah, we're at the
0: same point of the journey as everybody, you know, just kinda moving through life, trying to get by. And it's the same thing. you see, those mountains are there. Mm You still got a lot of road ahead. You know, I think about that. Everybody looks at this like forty years as being a midpoint in life and I go, you know, think, I've only really been out in the world for twenty. I have a lot more life ahead of me than I have behind me. A lot more quality life. Look at what I did in the last twenty years. What do you think I'm gonna do in the next twenty years? Right. Holy shit. Because this guy now is at a much better starting point. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you think there's gonna be twenty years after that and twenty years
1: after uh, stumble is just part of the dance. Right. Well, no, yeah, or you just gotta Yeah, and the other
2: problem everybody's looking for the the finish line. So to speak, or right, or like a big benchmark, or you know, that's why a lot of people do stuff, and maybe they get the big win finally, and then they're they get that dopamine kick, and then it leads to depression because they didn't even learn it. Kind of enjoy the journey.
0: Oh, dude! I'll tell you what. (laughs) So let's let's talk about journey. go. (laughs) Go. So there's a few things about success that they don't tell you, and. One of the lessons that I learned And Danny was probably going to chime in here in a second Is the ladder climb The ladder climb is fun as fuck But you're never looking down And then one day you do And that falls a motherfucker Okay And that gets very scary really quick Because you you know as your income gets to a certain point You get to where A little trip or a little stumble you That's a big number To try to fix And you don't know where that's going to come from and that, staying on the top of that ladder, staying on the top of the mountain, is the hardest part. It's actually not that hard to get there. It's harder to stay there. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. It takes equal amount of work once you get there to maintain.
3: So I remember when I hit the first time I hit six figures, I was so excited because I had been grinding forever to hit six figures. And we talked about, it, I'm like, "Fuck! Now I got to do it again. Like, how am I gonna keep this?" And we I, we talked about it a few podcasts ago, and that career just got ripped. No warning, bye. We're killing your territory. You're what? I mean, I'm 960 miles from every support I have, and I just lost a deep six-figure income? Fuck me, bro. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, that hurt.
3: Well, that hurt. Yeah. Yeah. No backup plan. Like, that was plan A. I had no A through B or Z like a fight, you know. You you go to the street fight. They got plan A to knock you out. Well, what happens when that don't work? I, remember I was a that, street fighter In that situation I, 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 remember, <laughs> I remember that Phone call though Oh my god What did I tell you I got you I got you Yeah I mean It In life lucked out You know And I fell forward At the time I would have told, called you A fucking liar But I mean four years later Now I've, my sale's are over A million dollars again And It's gonna keep going and it, it was a fucking hustle to get oh there. Oh
0: my god, he bitched
3: so much. Dude, I was in a. I was in. <laughs> I'm a very positive individual, and I was in a, a slum. Yeah. So you're all, you're you know you're out of your element in a slum, and you know you're not your normal element. So it's like a snowball effect and it just builds. I was a whiny bitch baby for a year, at least. Yeah. Until I finally snapped out of my my shit hole and like, man, just fucking put your head down and start grinding again. <laughs> and it took me to get where I'm in now and last year was my first time I hit my you know, total sales was over a million dollars.
1: Yeah, there's no one saying failing doesn't take recovery.
3: No shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it like hurts. it's dude losses hurt. It's, yeah, it's, 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 like if depression's it's, a thing, that was uh, legit. It's, an, it's like an dude, injury.
1: Yeah, dude you gotta recover, you gotta figure that out. You gotta uh what's it? The f- therapy, physical therapy. Dude, the, right? comeback, that fair, the, the but, comeback was so much well, better like, than the setback. Yeah, you gotta look trust the process and come you know, hit that comeback. Well, well that's, don't
3: get well. compliant. Hey, keep going. And, and
0: if you don't have that, you don't have the confidence going forward. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to have those failures to have confidence to get up and keep going.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that a lot of people, you know, uh, that that was a thing that uh, it's been a big theme too. Is is talented people, right? And talented people don't have to work hard to get things. And so when they get challenged and they get tested, they fail. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and um, I had a kid the other night. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of physical talent. You know, but I told him I was like, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Every fucking time, man. I was never that gifted at anything. I'm still not. Well, it's i have just outwork people. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's not, yeah, it's not it's, who's
1: who's good? Who's, who's, who's left. Who, yeah, it's not who's good. It's who's last. Mm-hmm. And that's.
2: Well, it's like blue belt. We talk about oh. climbing the mountain. Like I, I figured it out because I've been there for a while, and it's like you, why do blue belts quit? It's because they just climbed what they're seeing is this mountain, and then they. St- You know, you're hanging out near the top and then you kind of summit. It's like, oh, I made it. And then you turn around and you're
1: like, oh. By the way, (laughs) (laughs) this next peak is. But what's crazy about jujitsu is that feeling never stops. Yeah.
2: Or Or in this life, too? Yeah, it it never never stops. (laughs) 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 And then that happens when you hit a black belt. (laughs) You're like, oh, no.
1: (laughs) Damn, I I thought. Not going to learn how to fly? We're <laughs> the, yeah, we're at
0: the same point of the journey as everybody, you know, just kind of moving through life, trying to get by. And it's the same thing. You so, see, you know, those mountains are there. you mm-hmm. still got a lot of road ahead. You know, I think about that. Everybody looks at this, like, 40 years as being a midpoint in life. And I go, you know, think, I've only really been out in the world for 20. I, I have a lot more life ahead of me than I have behind me, a lot more quality of life. Look at what I did in the last twenty years. What do you think I'm going to do in the next twenty years? Right. Holy shit! Because this guy now is at a much better starting point. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you think there's going to be twenty years after that, and twenty years after mm-hmm. that. Like you know, the, I get excited about the opportunity and the potential, right? That comes from that. What time am I going to the Mercys' place? Three thirty. Now.
1: Now. Listen.
0: And that is parenting. This instant. Parenting 101. Teenagers.
1: <laughs> he thought he said gonna get to take a nap. Editing's <laughs> a thing. <laughs> hey,
3: I got you. Editing's a thing. <laughs>
1: he's, he came down here like, man, he's gonna say he's gonna say something, I'm gonna get to take a nap. Hey, hey. Wrong. Look, if there's
0: anyone out there that has got perfect parenting skills for teens. Uh, message me
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't exist bro yeah
0: right come on
1: that's in the the bucket of things we weren't taught hey,
0: you, know what, <laughs> uh, you know what I get excited about and and I was talking to uh I was talking to Michelle about this last night a few years ago when we had our exchange student I went to the uh, high school graduation down at the in high school and I was sitting in that room and there was a, a palatable energy in that room that you could just like, it was so thick. And I was exploring at the time what that was. like And I realized it was opportunity. You know, here these kids are. They're staring down life's hallway. And down that hallway is nothing but doors. And every single door is a complete different hallway full of doors and full of doors and full of doors. And, you know, what happens is you get later in life is once you walk through a door, your options for doors get less and less and less until eventually... A lot of people feel like they get into a hallway where the doors are very limited or non-existent, and then the choices that they have to make aren't really the ones that they want, and then they get pinned in. But when you get back to that young person, that 20-year-old person, that 18-year-old person that's just coming out of the line, their possibilities are endless. They can be anything that they want to be. They can really, truthfully achieve greatness. And they have not done any of that limitation yet. And I don't know, I get so excited about there's yeah. more people understood at that age how what? powerful
1: that mm-hmm. moment. Is. Well, I, I I think this is where some people, as they go through life, they forget that they can turn around and go back to that first original hallway. Yep. And yep. open a de- another door and go down a whole another hallway of doors, and then pin themselves back up and go, well, th- these aren't the doors I was looking for, it, and turn back around.
0: I, 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 and well, that, <laughs> just, that goes back to the. Uh, yep. That goes back to what you said before. It's like you know, you got to look for. That youth, mm-hmm. you know, losing your maturity and getting back to being a child, right? You know, and I, and, I, and this feeds into the last podcast, and I want to talk about that because you asked in the last podcast you didn't understand why your ex cheated on you, right? And that was one of the big questions, like trying to understand why. Yeah, she that's why I read crime. that book. Yeah. And and so I wanted to kind of touch on that real quick because um, I cheated on my ex wife, uh, terrible, wrong, horrible. I'm not going to defend myself. It was pretty bad, and uh, I was 100 percent wrong in every way. But when I was talking to my son about it, and, you know, me and him had a conversation, we talked openly about all that. He, he's fully aware. I, I, there's nothing, I'm not going to hide anything, right? Fell on my face. See it. There you go. And, uh, you know, he asked me, he just, why did you do it? And I said, honestly, I said, I was depressed. I was at such a stage in life to where I just, I wanted out. I just needed something to blow up. And I was like, so I did it so that I could get caught. I wanted to get caught, so that my whole world would just blow up, and I could just start. But regardless of the reason, that was the, the, the igniter, right? But greatest thing I ever did, blow my life up. Three years later, I have a life that I love, I'm truly grateful to be living. If I would have stayed there, if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have pulled that pin, I, I don't even know if I'd be here. That's the path I was on.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. you fell forward. Well, blue. Ooh, blue. <laughs> blue. <laughs> that
0: was a new, by <laughs> way.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm, you know, just put out there. There's other ways to pull
0: the pin, right? Yeah, and you not. should not, <laughs> do, not to... do that. That is, <laughs> if, uh, uh, if I had that to do over again, I would have approached her like I should have, like a confident human. And I should have said, I'm done. We need to find a way out. That would have been the right thing to do. That is not what I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> not even close. And, but you didn't, no. probably didn't even think about it until hindsight. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. You no, know, it really just. Know.
0: Well, you got to realize the person that I was at the time that I made that decision, if I was to go back into that moment as the same person, would have made the same decision. Now I'm not that right. same person. Right. I would have never have done something like that now. So it's not applicable. I can't go back and fix it if right. I wanted to.
2: Right. Well you don't have to you don't have to be the mistakes that you made yesterday.
0: Absolutely. Didn't right. define me. it doesn't define me at all. You all everything that I did at that stage of my life, the way that I parented, the way that I was in my relationship, the human that I was, I am not that person anymore. That doesn't define me. It doesn't even bear where you know who I am. Like I can be remorseful that I did those things, I'm sorry. But they was wrong, I agree, but I'm not going to give it two more seconds of thought because it doesn't have any bearing on what I'm going to do tomorrow
2: no. it's learning from the lesson
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah, lessons taken but you know a lot of good came from that too and I think that comes back to what you focus on right? Mm-hmm. I can look at that and I can say oh man look at all the bad that happened that's plenty but you know what there was a lot of good too and I say focus on the good continuing to push toward good and it took time and that took work too Believe me, there was about 18 months there where, you know, about probably after the, the first eight months, there was this like little seven or eight month swing where whew, you get to questioning like, oh, what did I do?
1: <laughs> right. <yep. laughs>
0: Not sure things were were the right thing, but, you know, eventually that clears out and then you realize, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I ever did.
2: Yeah. You know? Well, who you became after.
0: Who I became after. The, really, honestly, it's all about my individual journey, about identity. And when I really look at it, uh, if I was to define myself a few years ago, I was a person without a personal identity. I kept wanting to identify myself by putting myself in boxes. Like, you know, I'm a business owner, or I'm an educator, or I'm a martial artist, or a dad, or whatever. And I kept trying to put myself in all these boxes. And... And all all the way down to my fashion, I was like, you know, I'd watch videos like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to dress like. And I had no individual personality in what I wore. I mean, everything was essentially just so that the outside world perceived me in a certain way that I thought would be desirable. That was all I was concerned about. And that was a sad way to live life, man. And what I found on the other end of that is I found me, Mm -hmm. who I wanted to be. What kind of person did I want to be? And then when I realized that I didn't have to be in a box, and then I could just break up with the world. Like, yeah. nobody said mm-hmm. I had to play the game. <laughs> like, you know, I can I can just say, no. And oh, by the way, the world's a narcissist because they don't like the word no, right? <laughs> like, and you just opt out. And you say, fuck you. Yeah. And I'm going to do my own thing. Mm. And that's what I'm doing. And I found I think I think what I said the last podcast, I found comfort in my skin. Yeah. And that's something that is grateful for. Yeah. Man. For
1: sure. For sure, absolutely. And I think that's the thing most people whether they intentionally know this or not, but they strive for that. I think that's a, a worldwide It's definitely what want, they want. You, yeah. know, you know, of like, to be comfortable in who they are, what they are, and yeah. their human experience.
0: All people want the same thing. They just want to be enough.
1: Right. <laughs> but yeah. they just need to know that, like...
0: That's it, man.
1: Um, being enough for yourself is a hard thing.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and then... For sure. To understand what that is, oh, or...
0: God. I wish we would all just give grace to ourselves the way we give to other people. I don't expect half of the shit from other people that I expect from myself. Other people who can do things and I have all the grace in the world with them. I'm like, hey dude, no problem, don't worry about it. I do that and I'm like, what the fuck, just, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you gotta get rid of that shit.
3: I'm sure every single one of us here knows this term as all of us entrepreneurs. <laughs> we are our worst critic. Oh my god. Hands down. The shit that I say to myself, I would never mm. even dream about saying
1: to anyone else in this room really or that's the world. practice self-talk Oh, yeah. I've had a hard time before, so I've been really focused on myself talking. I will Soak. yell. I will yell at anybody. If you want someone to talk like shit talk, you I'll shit talk you for you. You don't get to shit talk you. That's my job. Yeah. You know, like. You and I'm only gonna you. shit talk you positively. You guys did like, it to you. me. I like me. Uh, like, so I'm not gonna play that game. You're not allowed to talk bad about yourself. Right. You did. A, like, I'll tell you if you're doing good or not. But you know. You
0: know. So this brings me to my high thought.
2: Here we go.
0: Here we go. Yeah. So, I'm going to roll another one. But, so last night, I got some of this Tyson weed. (laughs) Okay. Right? So, I went down to uh, North, and uh, they started carrying Tyson weed. I was like, man, I got to buy some of this shit, right? So, I came home, smoked it, and, uh... So, it is not podcast week. <laughs> as as I, I was fucked up. So, but anyway, I had this beautiful high thought at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning as I'm fucking space caked a goddamn ice cream cake. Yeah, I know. It's 30%. It's ridiculous. And so, um, I'm sitting there, and it's like, you know, how could you not be grateful? Like, think about the miracle that it is that we exist as a intelligent consciousness in a physical state in the reality that we exist in just by that alone is so impossibly miraculous how could you not just be grateful for that and then on top of that we won the world lottery in a lot of ways just to have the lives that we're able to live In the country that we live in In the society, and in the, in the economy and the whatever, right, mm-hmm. first world mm-hmm. Right, just to be born in the first world Like we win that fucking lottery And then we're successful In that lottery too, so there's another lottery Like, how can you not Be fucking grateful <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ, I'm so grateful For every second that I just breathe It's like I took a breath and it's like Oh my god, that's amazing Like I'm here Like, this is fucking happening. Like, I wake up every day with that energy of just going, like, holy shit, I can't believe this is really happening. And if you think about that, like, you're a miracle. Your whole life is a miracle. How could you not be fucking grateful, man? That's why I think it's practicing
2: gratitude is good, but it's really, like, out in nature. You know, some days I'll just, like, walk outside and look up and be like, thank you for this.
1: Yeah. Just put your... Like take your shoes off put your feet in the dirt and just go like
3: oh well statistically it's one out of 400 trillion is the odds of being born so you have more likely to win the lottery 10 times because there's
2: all those warrior sperm out there (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I looked that
3: up I couldn't find it
2: Read the book I told Anthony like, your, your Google search History's gotta be or, fucked Or find <laughs> No or find that author It was fucked Long before that mm-hmm. What, was, find, that, what find, was that book? Find that author And he uh, Rogan had him on It's Sex at Dawn And my numbers May be off But it was definitely Like it's a vast majority It's <laughs> getting even
0: better Yeah Oh my goodness uh, Christopher Ryan Was the author Thank God for Mac Oh, shit. Yeah, but I mean, it is. It's ridiculous. What, what did you say? 400 trillion?
1: Yeah. 400 trillion. That, was,
0: Four, that doesn't that, make sense. Is that the sense. number? Yeah. That's, that's 400 <laughs> trillion. Just to be born a human being. So far, J.R.D. How do you people, not appreciate well, that? Well,
2: and the fact that the world we live in, it's like I said, there was the uh, the statistic. They said the probability of what how we live and how it is right now would be like a tornado hitting a junkyard and building a Boeing
1: 747.
0: (laughs) 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 But dude, that's like, that's what makes life so amazing. You know, just the, you add all the ridiculous all the way up to the point that like, last night I was sitting in my house smoking Tyson (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, dude. Like, how cool. Life is a video game and if you don't play it like it is, I don't know what you're
0: doing. Hey, I shared an experience with Mike Tyson last night. It was so cool. And I completely understood this podcast after smoking this because this dude is blitzed up his oh, fucking mind.
1: Oh, so you have to watch? You have to re-listen to it while smoking it.
0: Oh, dude, I'm probably going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you understand like his speech patterns because my brain was like all over the place. Mm. Like I couldn't connect dots. Like I started like 800 partial conversations <laughs> to, like, to nowhere, and then I was, I would just stop, and then it was like. And I would think about like how Mike Tyson would speak mm-hmm. in his speech patterns and his thought patterns and I was like, holy shit, this is starting to make a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: That's what's <laughs> all
0: lining up now. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it was not a podcast I, mean, I was not gonna do that. <laughs> it would have been a very bad podcast. Uh, or a best one. Or, or the best or one. Or really good. It would have been it would have been two hours of three minute short stories <laughs> of no ending. <indignity. laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: the listening audience is really wondering what's
1: happening What the
0: fuck
2: Sam's <laughs> just over here laughing you know, <laughs> Smoking <laughs> cigars and
0: drinking Redemption Rye. Redemption Ride, <laughs> fuck that shit Is I that what you're your, drinking now? I added your pork bitters to it to try to make it better No, there is no better for that It's not, but just, I gotta get through it Just throw it away we have, you can
1: do whatever you want.
0: We have so much good liquor I'm aware here. of that. Mm-hmm. So much top-shelf good liquor Listen, right there. and you're made, drinking that I
2: made drink. that mistake. I'm suffering the consequences. <laughs> but you don't have to. He's he falling
1: forward. You don't don't leave him to. alone. You know,
2: I'm falling forward.
1: <laughs> he fell forward the first time.
2: <laughs> just now just doing that to yourself. Now I'm, now I'm just falling forward onto my sword. <laughs> Hopefully it's gold.
0: Sam's got the whiskey bottle attached <laughs> to his leg. He's all dragging <laughs> it around. It'll go. It's, <laughs> it's gotta be a thing. Mm. Fucking shit. I need to go mm. buy some. I'm out of Dalmore. I gotta get some more of that in front of the Dalmore port. God, that's so mm. good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no. out. You say you know, Dalmore port. You know my birthday. Hey, I'm mm. just dropping a line. My birthday's in a couple of weeks. How old are you gonna be? Huh? I'm gonna be about forty-two. Forty-two. Wow. Dildo for Anthony. Forty-two. Can you believe that? I'm
1: gonna be thirty-three in September. So I'm yeah. ten years older <laughs>
3: than you and one year older than you. Forty-two years old, dude. I'm in my Tomorrow. fucking prime, and I'm the penis in between us. Like
0: Wow. Yeah, you are. <laughs> a bitch. You know, I wish my hoe would be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told you you can speak. Where's the baby powder? Where's the baby powder? Where's I the what, baby powder? I do what I want. <laughs> Get the analies. <laughs> <laughs> like a spray teach, bottle of water. Teach this <laughs> fucker a lesson. Bad. <laughs> oh
2: man. So, you know, you you (laughs) You talk about funny army stories. You ever seen the Russian (laughs) cowboy? Hey, you've heard. uh, You ever hear the skit, the Bert Kirshner or whatever skit, the Machine Kreiser Yeah. They're making a movie about it. Damn right, and he's starring in it. Actual movie about it. It's a true story. I know.
1: That's insane. It's They're right. making the movie. That's one excited. of the crazy stories you could ever.
0: Somebody's gonna film me in here. I am Can you pull that, that up? Can you pull cats? it up? <laughs> yeah, you just gotta <laughs> pull it up. Uh, it.
1: Yeah, you're right. Well, you well, just uh, watched
2: the skit on yeah. Joe Rogan If I can find it later, I'll send it to you. because yeah, it's some, hilarious. Some big, pen, he, some He does it If you're not on a special. Oh my god. Netflix special. That's what it was.
3: Yeah, that's his OG skit. He can't. It's so good. He can't get rid of it.
2: I know. I,
0: I mean, I've watched it more than once. It's, oh, yeah. dude, it's, never, it's, it never it's the
3: best 12 minutes of your life oh that my you'll, God. W- you'll yeah. waste more 12 minutes of your life, I guarantee you. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's
0: what
1: he said. <laughs> <laughs> tell me it's a long time.
0: <laughs>
1: Don't let anybody tell you any different. <laughs>
0: right. Hey, I've seen your measuring. It was spot on. There was a lot. Six like inches. Spot
1: on. Six, <laughs> <laughs> six inches. <laughs>
0: I like the uh. <laughs> like, no, six inches. Giant gap. <laughs> giant gap. He's like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's six inches. the <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, whatever.
2: <laughs> you know, the mounts look good at the gym, though. Oh, the bags
0: are fucking glorious. Really nice, dude. I broke them in last night. Uh, brought the guys in, and uh, hung the bags. Thank God those fuckers are tall. <laughs> speaking of. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, they hung the bags up and then uh. We had no warm-up stuff, and I just did all night.
1: All just worked work. the bag?
0: All, dude, they were dead. That'll it do so, it. That one guy, it's like, so usually when class is over, everybody hangs out, and they want to talk. And it was just like mm-hmm. disbursement. And then one guy's like, I'm going to go home and stare at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good and night. I was like, my job here is done. But then there was some new guy, so I kind of fucked up. Uh, so there was some new guy that was like, I'm going to watch class, right? And I looked over and I knew he was like older and he was out mm-hmm. of shape. And I was like, all right, this is going to be kind of intimidating. And if I would have done class the way that I'd been doing class, it probably would have been okay. But I'm like, we have bags and <laughs> we're mm-hmm. going to break in the bag. So sorry. And uh, so about 20 minutes goes by and uh, I go over and I talk to him and he just wanted to leave. And he's like, yeah, 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 that, that's, that's awesome. I was like, well, are you going to do it? And he's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, "Well, lost that one. Fuck." <laughs> like that. like that, We're gonna yeah. have to. We're gonna have to look gonna, him later. He, he likes other stuff. So like it's that good. New Year's yeah. Day workout. Is he gonna do jits? I think so. Yeah, he'll be. I incredible. think so. He looks like a jits guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can tell the jits guys; they're more cuddly. They have that softer look, and they're more manicured. You know, nibble on your ear. Yeah, they call it the gentle art for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell the Muay Thai guys; like, like
1: we stick oh, out. I don't get to lay yeah. down. As soon
0: as I walk into the gym, I'm like, one of us don't belong
1: here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I walked into the wrong building.
1: Yeah, but both of them think they could take each other in a fight.
0: <laughs> oh my lord! Here we go back to that again.
3: It's true, though. It's a very good debate.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a mute debate, because I think that each fighter in the moment has an equal opportunity of winning, regardless of the likelihood or outcome. It comes down to a few critical variables.
1: Jiu-Jitsu wins every time.
0: No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. Careful, he's got that Tyson weed. Well <laughs> 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 start oh, talking about oh, the oh. list. Uh, and I, hold I, on, I, run, <laughs> Hold on, here we go. <laughs> now, hey, so here's the deal. So this is a funny story, right? That's awesome. So I go down to uh, North over here in Hillsborough, and uh, one uh, one of my old time friends from uh, high school is a manager down there. And uh, I asked her if she was going to be in. She said, no. And I said, okay. She goes, well, ask for this Tim guy. And I said, okay, great. You know, and they listen to the podcast and stuff. So I pretty much thought, you know, he knew who I was. And so I go in there and I meet him and uh, shake his hand. And I said, yeah, just mention the podcast. He goes, oh, you're the podcast guy. And I was like yeah, absolutely, you know. And so uh, once I got that, I thought, this guy knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Good. And so I tell him I want the Tyson weed. And so I pull it up and he, he said, why are you interested in this? I was like, Honestly? I was like I just want to smoke this And go do Muay Thai That's all I want to do I just want to go Beat someone's ass On Tyson Me. And this dude Looks at me With the weirdest look you've ever seen Like he's Like what the fuck Is well, wrong with you? like, Why would you And do then you I realized In so that moment So I asked him I was like Uh oh And I go Have you listened To the podcast And he's like No I was like See you don't know Anything about me Do you mm-hmm. and he goes No I said that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you were not prepared for that. <laughs> Sh-
2: shouldn't have led with that. Yeah,
0: it's like... Yeah, because I'm sure that's not a common occurrence. Of the I job. just want to get really high and fight people. I just want yeah, to really get high and fuck people up. And he's like, okay, the security.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: funny. And I look so unassuming. <laughs>
2: Anthony's going to create a high rollers version of a Muay Thai tournament. <laughs>
1: It's going to be awesome. We'll
0: all be just hitting bonds on the
1: fucking
0: corner. Slowest tie fights ever. <laughs> we'll have, have you seen the, the High middle.
1: Roller tournaments? No, no. it's oh, awesome. It's crazy. The, the, the whole place is a cloud.
0: Oh, dude, this would be amazing.
1: And they just have Jiu-Jitsu tournament. Yeah. And the the, the ref it's and awesome. the, the competitors all pass a dude, joint. You can do,
0: <laughs> do two-minute rounds. One minute smoke off, one minute rest, two minute round, one minute
1: smoke off. Do five rounds like that? Fucking done. S- yeah, dude, someone's done. Someone's unconscious in some kind of way. All
0: right. We some just, of, hey, well, you heard it here first, I'm gonna coin that. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, we're gonna run that. First tournament when we doing it. We don't talk about shit. We do shit. When we doing this. Come on. It's the first a live fight club. Is it first a live fight club? First high roller muay Thai tournament. Well we will we shooting for twenty three? You have gotta call it something else. <laughs> we're doing it we do no 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 no.
1: High something. clencher. High we just call it high roller muay.
0: Thai. That sounds pretty good. It rolls.
1: I think they'll not like that. Who won't like that? High rollers still the only fight. thing.
3: What are they going to do, him. fight you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's fight for it. Yeah. they got to be high. <laughs> you don't do
0: moisture, stuff. It's your though. fault. Yeah. Dude, my luck, I get that one motherfucker that's like, does it. He doesn't hide my ass yeah. He <laughs> also does that.
1: This is what I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's just spanking me in the corner. <laughs> be like, Joe Rogan's buddy, microdoses. Like, says he can't, nobody can hit him. <laughs> so on it, He's like... Got a six sense Looks like he's in the fucking matrix <laughs> He uses the force on people yeah. Oh dude mm-hmm. That's
0: a real thing So I've been training high For like a couple months now Like pretty consistent Like I don't think I've been to the gym And not been high And last night I was sober And so at, uh, I was joking I was like oh I'm sober tonight You know the guy's like Oh yeah And I was like Oh I'm gonna be on Yeah <laughs> <Like laughs> I was like shit oh, I was like God damn I'm having a really off night It, and it dawned on me about midway through I was like yeah, I'm not high Apparently I am much better at Muay Thai high it's
1: usually how it goes. This is
0: a fucking like game changer. Mm-hmm. This is a performance enhancing drug for me.
1: <laughs>
0: Get me. That's high. why they suspended the Diaz brothers. <laughs>
1: <No. laughs> you too I was, good.
2: I was
0: very you're unimpressed right. with
2: my performance last night. I love that Gordon Ryan just came out and owned that he was on PDs. <laughs> He's like
0: fuck yeah. He was like how could you not? He's like yeah. Everybody is what? <laughs> he just owned it. He's like eh. who isn't? Yeah. Well the fact that he just denied it. That's my biggest problem. Look, I have no no issues against PEDs at all. At all. Uh, But you should be open about it. You know, you shouldn't lie. Hey, I see that all the time. You know, I've been TRT now for two and a half years, something like that. I won't deny that. Why would I? If somebody asks you, hormone optimization is a huge part of your health. If somebody was to look at me and said, oh man, how did you make this huge transformation, what do you do? And I told them everything that I did, but I leave out the fact that, oh, by the way, I'm on TRT, I'm lying. I'm doing them a disservice. They're going to go fucking spin their wheels, and if they don't have optimized hormones, then they're fucked too. Okay. And so, so why are all these people lying? Why can't they just be fucking honest? It's the nature of...
1: Just athletic athletic <laughs> And all that yeah Like
0: why did the liver king have to fucking lie about that Like seriously he had no Personal benefit to lying for that It's a, just don't get it Why can't you just fucking own your shit All these instagram people um, Michelle follows this one girl on instagram And everybody's slamming her about doing roids And watch the transformation she's obviously doing windstraw Because when women we do windstraw they get that man jaw Right starts going down there So she's on Wednesday winning And uh I'm watching this girl's physical transformation and almost tell you what stack she's running. It, no, denying, <laughs> denying, deny, deny, deny. And I was like, that's not physically, humanly possible for a woman to look like that. And you're sitting there telling everybody you're all natural and you're trying to sell them a fucking platform. That's bullshit. Say <laughs> not in my house. Just be honest about it. Yeah. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck if you do it. What's the matter?
2: Do what you do. Oh, there might be some people. It's just the stigma of anything. There's going to be haters with anything. Well, you know, this like...
0: is the dumb shit. Like, you get the people out there like The Rock. You know, and they're like, oh, The Rock doesn't do steroids. The fuck The Rock is nothing but steroids.
3: TRT's, like, like you know, he sweats it's, testosterone. It's kinda, <laughs> he's going to sit
0: there and give his, what, workout routine? Oh, you can look like The Rock. Oh, here's his diet plan. I eat 8,000 calories They Get the fuck out of here. Look. But whatever fucking stack he's on, I bet you he does eat 8,000 calories a day. Dude, I watched... That's not fucking humanly possible if you're not running some type of goddamn stack that's jack your immune system off. He was that's just... thyroid enhancement. He, <laughs> he,
2: he was just in that DC movie, uh, Black Adam, and it was free on HBO Max when... Uh, I
0: haven't watched it. The
2: family was out of town. Well, I watched it, and... Because it's like off the old uh, Shazam, remember that mm-hmm. one? It's that same kind of thing, and like not to spoiler it, but like they have him before he does it, and then like after, and it's like showing him walking around, he's like narrower and everything else, like not a lot of traps, and like, I'm like that'd be like him without drugs.
0: The the, the Rock was a huge dude before he started really going down the steroid path. Oh, yeah. Right? He was already, and that's what people don't realize, is like you have to have a good frame already for steroids to be what they are, right? And so i can show you pictures of me in the past when i ran cycles i was considerably bigger than i am now but i'm still a big guy because i've always been a big guy mm-hmm. right so that's never been a thing but i can get bigger right but you get these people if you start out and you're a hard gainer and you're 140 pounds walking around and you do all those stacks when you come off you're going to go back to whatever that original frame was that's why building that base is so important So you get guys like The Rock, and they're superhuman, huge. Well, they're already big fucking people to begin with. He wasn't 140 pounds and then turned to 275. He was already 215, 220, and then went to 275. If he got off all that shit tomorrow, he's still going to be a 220,
2: 230-pound
0: human. Yeah. Done. He's still a big fucking dude. Yeah. And now he's just a really really big well, yeah. and, that, and that brings me to the thing too and I think the one thing that these people do need to get credit for is the work that they put in to achieve what they do
2: yeah they're still doing Stero-
0: hard work <laughs> people, <laughs> yeah. people have got this philosophy or this ideology that, um, that steroids do it for you and they don't you have to put in the work what no. steroids do they give you the ability you, to, to
1: put to in more work yeah, to put from in the more work, work. Yep. so you can yeah.
0: increase your volume and do more and that will produce larger results yeah. and you're still right? doing the work Exactly. And just
1: more of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you
0: know, that's like you, you know, look at the TRT stuff. You know, somebody said that about me the other day. They were like, oh, you know, you, you look like that because you're on TRT. And I said, I can show you dudes that are TRT that are 100 pounds overweight. Yep. Yep. I didn't, it's the TRT helped balance my hormones. That gave me hormone regulation along with the other supplements and everything else that I do. And then if you combine that with my diet and the fasting and you go to exercise and all the other fucking health shit that I do, well, yeah, then you'll get those results. It's not a fucking cure-all. Yeah. You know, it isn't just going to, you're not just going to jump on it and look like fucking Superman. Yeah, it doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah. Well, it's...
0: <laughs> There's no cheat code. It helps. No, and yeah. you know what I wish people would have told me? And I'm going to mention this on the podcast so the listening audience has this lesson. Don't fuck with your hormones. There are natural ways to optimize hormone regulation because most of your hormone regulation comes down to diet. If your hormones are off, it's because most likely, especially if you're a young, healthy human otherwise, it's because your diet's fucked up and your body isn't producing the shit that it's supposed to be producing. You can fix all of that. Those are secondary hyperkinetism issues that if you have hormones that are off, that that can be fixed. Mm -hmm. If you have a primary that means something's wrong with your body, that's different, Right. But what they don't tell you is when you go on to any artificial hormone, and all steroids are essentially designed to either manipulate or mimic hormones, right? Mm. And so when you go on to this, your endocrine system shuts down. When you are a young man and you're producing, let's say your, your testosterone levels of a young man is 900, right? 900 units. And you get on testosterone, and you get up to two or 3,000. Well, during that period of time, what happened is your body stopped producing testosterone naturally. Your entire endocrine system shuts down. And then you don't produce anything. So when you come off of that artificial steroid, you go down to zero. You have to take drugs to get jumpstart your system again to get it to go back up. But what they don't tell you is that once you do this, this forever. is permanent. Because it may or may not ever restart again. And even if it restarts again, it's not going to be as efficient. This Mm -hmm. is a lifelong fuck-up. Like, when I did this in in my late 20s, I fucked myself for life. Like, I caused, that's all my prostate issues, everything that I deal with now, was all because of steroid abuse. Because I was listening to the gym bros, and I was Mm -hmm. buying shit that I wasn't supposed to be buying, and I was doing stupid shit, Mm -hmm. right? That bro science, that bro science fucked me for life. So if you're a young person, you're out there, and you're thinking about doing performance-enhancing drugs, there are better options. Learn about nutrition. Learn about how nutrition affects your body, how it optimizes hormones. Supplement the right things so that you can get that. Go get regular blood work every three months so that you can monitor what your hormone levels are, what your production levels are, and so that you can be healthy in all those other markers too, Mm -hmm. right? Because your blood pressure and all those other things apply. But you need to go seek out actual proper physical balance before you ever even want to think about going into the performance enhancing route. Because Mm -hmm. it isn't going to do for you what you think it is. And what it's going to end up doing is essentially ruining your physical life and making you dependent on something forever. So what do you think about the the stuff for recovery? The stuff for recovery is... So here's the issue that I had. So I actually wanted to... um, I was put on TRT wrongly. And unfortunately, the... um, TRT science is a robust field, and one in which there is an immense amount of research. However, it's not practiced at your ordinary doctor. Most primary care doctors know little to nothing about testosterone replacement therapy. So, so you have to educate yourself. And I went to a clinic, and a clinic is very educating, but they're also there to sell me a product. They mm-hmm. want a customer. Right? Right. So when they did my initial blood test, and you can only get this with your initial blood test... When they did my initial blood test, they would have been able to tell at that time based on a few markers of whether I had a primary or a secondary hypergonadism, which was causing my low testosterone. And I theorized that I had a secondary based on the changes that I've made. And at that point, then the decision should have made to not proceed with testosterone replacement therapy and to proceed with finding other ways to naturally increase your testosterone level because there's nothing wrong with the physical unit itself. And that didn't happen. So then I got put on it. So after a few years, I learned that that would have been an option. I didn't know. And then because I've learned what I have about optimizing my hormones through nutrition and supplementation, I'm very confident in my ability to come off the testosterone with and be able to get my natural production at a level that would keep me optimized for health. Right. And that's really all I want. That's all I need. And, um, so I decided I was going to come off of it. And so I called the clinic. I told them I was going to come off of it. And you have to have, um, you have to have two drugs. You, uh, there's, uh, two of them are kind of interchangeable and the other one isn't. Um, it's, a. Uh, Clomid is one of them, uh, the other one, the other two are escaping me. It's not important, but it's a it's a very specific rest cocktail of these three drugs that are needed in a cycle to work. And just like testosterone replacement therapy, because the general practitioners aren't aligned with it, they when they do get off cycle, people they're not prescribing the post recovery correctly. So it's also becoming a shit show. Right. And so the proper post therapy requires all three of these drugs. So the clinic that I went to that put me on the TRT said that they could give me one. And I said, okay, and I verified that they can give me one. And then they said they can give me the other, but it would be a wait list. And I said, okay, great. Oh, so the other one was HCG, uh, Clomid, HCG, and Novidex. And, uh, and so I could get the Clomid from the clinic. I could get the HCG from the clinic. So I go to the, uh, my VA, my primary care, and I tell them what I'm doing. And I say, hey, can I get Clomid or can I get Novodex or, or whatever? And they said, no, you have to go to this special thing, and they're the only one that can prescribe it, whatever. So they knew what I was doing. They knew what I needed and why I needed it. And then they refused to give me the proper medication to allow me to come off of it. And the other clinic wouldn't provide me the third drug. It was like, no, you're going to take these two options, which is known not to work and have significant side effects, or mm-hmm. you're going to have to go cold turkey, which is the absolute worst-case scenario. So I made the decision about six, maybe, I guess six months ago, that I was just going to stay on, because I right now I don't have a way without buying black-market drugs, which I'm 100% against. I care about my health. Mm -hmm. And I want to know that what I'm putting in my body is what it's supposed to be. And I'm not going to play that ordered offline game. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a a legal quality way to access the drugs to get off the TRT. So I am stuck. Like, I am a full-time TRT guy for the rest of my life until the opportunity presents itself for me to be able to get off. And then let's hope by that time my body is still physically able... To produce the testosterone needed, because I could maybe get off in my fifties and then be at a low testosterone naturally at that point, and then need the therapy anyway. Right. So this isn't a this isn't a thing to go down if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I, I because of the steroid abuse, I had to. It created it shut down my natural production. It fucked me. I had low testosterone. Like getting on testosterone replacement therapy was a must. But. Did I, if I would have known about the nutrition and all that other stuff, it could have been prevented, it could have been done better.
1: Oh. Huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Science.
1: Science man. is it neat?
0: You said like four words, I have no idea what they meant. Fair. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. With this, you have to educate yourself. Oh, yeah. And that's the only way to educate is on this. And so there's forums out there online and you dig 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 and it, it takes so you this is the stupid part you get put on the drug knowing nothing about it nothing and then while you're on it you have to educate yourself about what you're taking mm-hmm. and it takes about two years by the time I really got a handle on it you know based on what the doctors were telling me and what I was researching and like what I was experiencing and that's the other thing too it, took, it takes about a year or 18 months just to regulate your protocol so you don't just get on something and, like, they get it right the first time. Like, you're going to have, like, problems. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna so be ups and downs and, until you figure out where you're at. And then by the time you get there, where I did about 18 months or so, um, now once you get to the good zone, you get scared to tweak anything because you've been through so many of those, like, fuck-ups that you're like, I'm good. It's like, you know, I could tweak this. Nah, no, nah, fuck, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just going to right yeah. here.
2: <laughs> it's like I wish a lot of stuff, they'd just make information widely available and let more specialization of doctors, like even like stem cells, hear about the stuff guys can get done like down south. You know? And yeah. it's like, can we just get <laughs> we not some of that us? cocktail there? Yeah. Well, like, you know, I had a friend, he had the ones done just to his shoulder and it like literally rebuilt his shoulder like it was atrophied it looked weird from the back to the point that that is like the lower part of his shoulder was chicken winging out because it had atrophied so bad and it regrew stuff it was a painful process for him um and he had it done here but uh when my knee um first got messed up i actually asked when they're like yeah your mcl on that leg's torn i'm like well i know it's torn on the other leg too and I asked, well, can I get approval through my insurance? And they are like, no, it's not a thing. We might have enough to do both knees. It's actually very successful for knees. I'm like, you just said you fix a bunch of knees. You're doing this for the the St. Louis Cardinals, for all their athletes. Like, you're the place that does it here for that. And my insurance, they'd rather pay for you to do a surgery? That's insane. <clears throat> when you think about it for the patient's wellness, but when you look at it like, No. They want to do cutting stuff out where eventually you're going to have to have a knee replacement because it's creating a lifelong patient.
0: All right. You know? I'm so fucked this motherfucker. Oh, man. man. Here we we go. Oh, no. Preach. Yeah. Shit. (laughs) So I am so fucking pissed in our medical system right now, you have no idea. So this is, I've talked about having the prostate issues, Mm -hmm. right? And I talked about how I got on cannabis originally because of that, you know, it was like, hey, we'll come back in 10 years, we'll test you, right, so I'm going to the TRT clinic, they're doing my blood work, my PSA levels continue to increase, so they start getting worried about it, and so they say, hey, there's this test we want you to take, and it's called a 4K test, and it's going to test you to see if you have a high aggressive, a chance of being having an aggressive cancer, right, and if you do, then you should go get this, because we think you're a candidate for this, and we're worried about it. I said, okay. I said, how much is it? And they said, well, your insurance isn't going to cover it, so you're going to have to pay for it out of pocket. I said, that's fine. How much is it? And they said, well, it's going to be like, I think it was like six or $1,600 or something. It didn't matter. I was going to pay it. Like, right. we're at a point where, like, if I have an aggressive cancer, give me the I cure. want the fucking know because what I need is a diagnosis. Mm. I may or may not use medicine modern medicine to fix it but if i have a diagnosis i know what i'm treating i have right. to know what type of cancer it is so that i know what to change in my diet and how to make the changes to, to fix things like that and so i go there to so i schedule the appointment and i go down and do all the prep for the tests and all this bullshit and go down there and I'm, i get into the office and they come out and they go well um did they call you and i said no nobody called me and they said well the clinic uh, the, the lab that tests this, um, they won't test your sample. They don't test any samples if you're under the age of 45. And I said, okay. I said, so what does that mean? He said, well, they said if you're under 45 and we send it to them, they're just going to discard it. So they won't test it at all. They won't even look at it. Did they charge you? And uh, I said, oh, wait, wait, oh, we're getting there. Huh. And uh, so I said, okay. I said, um, well, is there any other labs? And I said, yeah, there's three other labs in the country that will do this test and they all have the same problem, they all have the same uh, policy. And uh, I said, so you're telling me that I'm sitting here in your chair, that you've already identified that I'm a potential candidate for aggressive prostate cancer, and that I might have it, and I've been complaining about it now for a few fucking years, okay? And you can't even test me because I'm not 45. I so said, I have to wait three years just to get the fucking blood test now, that now we're talking seven, eight years down the road. What the fuck are you doing? And so I, I so I'm getting mad. Obviously. Yeah. And so the woman's like, I said, what are you gonna do? I said, I'm already on the fucking weed. I said, I already took. The, that's why I got my med card. So that's why I fucking do cannabis, right? The cannabis did a great job. It really did fix a lot. But obviously, I have something else fucking going on, right? Mm-hmm. And you're telling me I can't. I said, is there? What if I pay more? I was like, is there another option? Can we deserve like a primary special testing fee. Because No. I said, so it doesn't matter how much money I throw at this, I can't get the fucking test done, is what you're telling me. And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck you. I guess I'm just gonna smoke more weed. I'll be high. Fuck you. I am so goddamn mad at this. This is such a fucking failure of our... Everybody says America's healthcare system is the best because when you can't get it in other countries, you can't get it because they're socialized. Here, if you have enough money, you can pay for it. Yeah, fuck you. No, you can't. Because they don't want preventative medicine. That's a cure. They want a fucking customer. When they get me three, four years from now, I'm going to be so fucked up in a situation that I'm going to be stuck going through whatever goddamn shit they want to put me through, and I'm not going to have any other fucking options. Now I do. Well... And that's bullshit. What's
2: bullshit, even more than that, is if you have the right connections... There's always a barrier to entry, right? Oh, sure. If I knew the somebody that knew the somebody that knew the somebody, I can get the fucking Or test. if you... The amount of money... You're not a somebody. I'm not a somebody. You know? It's... Yeah. That's real talk. That's terrible, well, joke's on them, because I'm gonna be. Well, right, but... The point is, is like... Why does that even like whatever the protocol is for that lab i'm not sure what it requires but why shouldn't the layman be able to if you, if
0: capitalism were real right it like well that's the problem is it is real but the thing is that is it's more beneficial for them from a profit standpoint no i know to get me later i know I because know. prevented their the, the they united want to treat s- the symptom the united states healthcare is, system is not built on preventative medicine and that is my biggest problem with it Yep. Access to preventative health care is so important. And to be able to go get something checked out, just if you don't know, like my son right now, that's what he was running to go do was to go get an x-ray. He had uh, he had kicked another kid at soccer. Foots collided. It was impact. So what do we do? We take a week. We mm-hmm. rest it, therapy. The swelling goes down but yeah. doesn't go quite away. There's still pain at the site. So what's the responsible thing? Go get an x-ray, right. because if you can rule out the stress fracture, then you can go ahead and train through. But if you have a, f- a fracture or something like that, you need to deal with it. That's preventative medicine. You should be able to go do that. But you know how many out- people out there that don't have health insurance, that don't have the ability? That's a fucking $1,000 medical expense, and then they go, well, I'll just walk on it for a couple of more weeks. Well, you know it's... Well, then next thing you know, they're not going to go re-break it. They're going to have fucking
2: surgery. So my, my dad... That's yep. bullshit. My dad... Right now He had uh, I don't know what it is exactly Some kind of congestive heart thing Not failure Mom and dad they He went They paid a lot of money For a lot of stuff Because he wasn't They moved here Pre-retirement age Because they wanted to be near us And Aria And they're like ah, It'll figure itself out Well stuff Life happens Right So they cut salt out My dad's lost a lot of weight He's looking a lot better Feeling a lot better And the cardiologist is like Yeah we don't gotta see you Till September now I'm like That's awesome but they had to wait for some of the tests till after January and they're already paying through the nose my mom has a bunch of sinus stuff like uh, she can't even smell really, like it's weird and she's been trying to fix this issue for years and she wanted this other test she's already gone through all the other you know, uh, prerequisites to get this test done and she's like, yeah, they wanted this other test first, but it was going to be $2,000 for the test and they're saying I won't even get the outcome, so I'm like, you know what, I'll just wait until two more years when this other insurance kicks in. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I have TRICARE right now and have good insurance. Like, it's, and it's nothing I even really have to worry about that much at my age, but, like, I just oh. think about that, and I'm like,
0: dude. Shit on it, shit on it what you will, I, and I joke about the VA all the time, but I'll tell you what, my VA health is better than what I see most people get. You know, uh, Michelle's got insurance right now, and she's been dealing with the situation for a while, and they sent her in, and they've been diagnosing her now for going on a year, and most of it is just waiting for tests. Right. And it hasn't even, no new information has surfaced. It's been a year. No new information has surfaced. Still living with the same problem, living, you know, going about her day. Yeah, but every you know?
2: visit generates revenue.
0: Every visit generates revenue.
2: And it is ridiculous.
0: ridiculous. It's a it is
2: it's a crock of shit. The reform that needs to happen there. I mean, that could be a whole podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's um, a, that's a that's a big subject, and
0: we need more qualified people than me and us yeah. sober that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, probably sober ones. I can. I'm I can, way too high at this point in the conversation. I can definitely bitch about it for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely, but, yeah. I'm very good at bitching. Very good. I have a degree in that too. (laughs) There you go. Got that right after my BS degree. Ew. (laughs) Ew. What's the best thing about having a bachelor's of science? You actually have a degree in BS. BS.
2: (laughs) I'm going to call you a BS artist.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You've been to class, apparently. No. Oh, damn. Where are we at on the time tape? An uh, hour
3: and a half. Hour and a half.
0: Hour
3: 30, 37 to be exact. It's not too bad.
0: Pretty good. Not too shabby. That sounds like a good place to go ahead and Yeah, let's it call it.
3: Put a pin in it. All right.
0: Man, thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Make sure that you go ahead and subscribe if you have not done so, and click that bell so that you get notifications when we put out <laughs> new episodes. New episodes will come to you hopefully every Saturday. Seems to be the trend. I think we're going to try to go along with that. Got some big things coming up for you. We're going to wrap up by giving another thank you to our sponsors. We'd like to thank Malevolent Art Studios out of Barnhart, Missouri. Anthony Ferguson and his artist over there are excellent. Uh, make sure if you want to go book an appointment with him that you mention the Stoned Ape's podcast, and uh, you will get twenty percent off, twenty five percent. I'm gonna—he's gonna be mad at me. I forgot—I I, I should have wrote that. Down. I think it's twenty. Is it 20% off? I think so. Yeah, so I'm high. Anyway, don't <laughs> quote us.
1: He <laughs> says that a lot.
0: <laughs> Something. So, this may be an excuse model, but uh, yeah. no. So, make sure you go see him. He's a great guy. I love his shop. A uh, good place to go. We also have another sponsor new for this episode, and that is Gateway Tattoo Studio, and they are up in Imperial, Missouri. And you can go see Elliot over there at Gateway. Now, they are, I think when I talked to Elliot, he said that he was an appointment only studio. So you need to go ahead and uh, reach out to their website. And uh, I'll make sure I have a link to that in the description. And then you contact them through there, and um, they're going to run ahead and run promotions as well. Um, but uh, Elliot's a great artist. Uh, he's been around for a long time. He's got a studio out there. Uh, excellent work. It is, color work is great. I love his black and white and his realism. Um, he does some really good shading uh, Absolute wonderful guy To be around so go see him And then uh, he also has another Company Sam you want to talk on that
2: Yeah uh, HFT Outdoors um, he does a lot of uh, Video And uh, photography He does it for businesses He's uh, He does it for like social Media influencing he did it for my Former company if you want to see some of his Work you go to uh, look up on instagram six tactical llc i think it's six underscore tac t-a-c underscore ops uh he also does some stuff for 10th planet crystal city eric's gym um really good stuff he has really good editing he, he takes his time with things he can do uh he can do live video he can do stills with pictures he also does drone work that's really good He's uh, really good if you're a business looking to boost posts because he knows how to uh, read algorithms and uh, kind of plug, it, deliberately plug your content. So,
0: wow.
2: an all-around talented, artistic guy. Um, so, yeah, you should definitely check him out. See, so we are getting
0: a uh, good following of sponsors for the podcast. I love that. We have creatives and individuals that are driven and that are aligned with our values. Yep. A big thank you to our sponsors. We, we appreciate what you're doing for us and hopefully helping us get our word out. Please give a thank you to them, Stone Apes Nation. We are going to go ahead and-